0: This is crazy. I love that intro because it just shows how stinking excited I was to be interviewing Jamie and it really I mean she called me by my name at least 3 or 4 times throughout the whole entire interview. And that was how she answered the phone call was saying, "Hey, Steph." And Guys, it just shows how intentional she is, how, how wonderful she is, how great her heart is, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her, because you're meeting her alongside me this morning, and yeah, I'm just excited for y'all to meet her, so let's just get on to the show. Well, I know that um, I'm not meeting you face-to-face, but you don't want to see me right now, because it's 6 a.m., my time, so I'm like,
1: just rolled out of bed. I can't believe you're up so early. I look like I just rolled out of bed, too, and I've been up for two hours. But
0: <laughs> Hey, you got your kids ready to go. How did yesterday morning go?
1: Um, you know, it was crazy because I was trying to move people around and get people to school on time and all kinds of things. And then I took my son to the doctor and was doing that. Or, you know, the whole day. And he has the flu. Ugh. So now I have that. And now I woke up this morning feeling sick. And so as soon as we get it done, I'm calling my doctor and getting on Tamiflu. flu.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for doing this when you feel gross, because that yes. is not the easiest no, 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 no. thing whatsoever. Make this work. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, well, you don't know this, but I mean, I'm sure you probably had so many people tell you this, but so I've listened to your podcast for probably like. I don't know. How many years have you been on? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, probably for maybe like the last two or three years. So, um, yeah, I've, I haven't listened to every single one. I can totally admit that, but I think what I love getting to connect with you now is that your, um, your podcast definitely, um, gave me that kind of push to say, Hey, I can do this too. Um, But I wanted to ask you, how did that come about? You know, um, why did you start it? And we'll kind of move into all the other questions later, but more just want to ask you about your podcast first.
1: Yeah. So about probably seven years ago, I, this is like, I'll tell you the story because it's kind of funny. I was doing my thing here in Austin, uh, mom of four, uh, in my car one day, and I heard a radio station here in town announce that they were taking um, people could send in audio clips, and you could try out to be on the morning show of this radio station.
0: Oh, cool! <laughs> and
1: so, uh, right? And so I was just like, okay, well, that sounds like a fun job. How about I do this? And so I tried out just on a whim, like this is the craziest thing I've ever done in my whole life, <laughs> and. Longest story ever, and two months later, I found myself that I won the contest. Oh my god. And I found myself on a morning show, and I had never done radio. I had never hardly spoken into a microphone before. And all of a sudden, I'm thrown into this, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much, and it was fun, and they told me I was good at it. And it was just really, really great. But the thing about my life stage at that point was, I was mom before, and two of my kids are adopted from Haiti, and they had only been home about a year, mm. and so, then all of a sudden, mom just goes back to work, Yeah, well, it's actually the first time I've worked since I had kids, so mom goes to work, yeah. and they're with nannies, and all kinds of, and I didn't have like a steady, it was just crazy, crazy time, and my family started really, really suffering, and mm. so, after four months, I decided to quit and go back home to be with my kids, and it was a really, really really hard decision, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was also at the end of the day, not that hard because I felt like it was the best thing for my family. And so from there about probably about a year later, someone invited me to be a guest on their podcast and talk about my time on the radio. And when I had never been on a podcast, the only podcast I listened to were like sermons from my church when Mm -hmm. I missed. Mm -hmm. And so, and I didn't even know that was like a podcast. I thought I was just listening to like my church's sermons. I don't even know. (laughs) And so I did the show and I thought, I think I could do what she did. And then about six months later, I just jumped in and didn't have a clue what I was doing. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you go back and listen to early episodes, they're comical. (laughs) No idea what I was doing. And that was three and a half years ago.
0: That's insane. And so taking that on after you've had that struggle of going back to jobs after being a full-time mom, like, how did that work with um, balancing that in your motherhood, I guess?
1: When I was working at the radio or when I started the podcast?
0: From when you started your podcast. Now, compared to, you said, you know, at the radio, obviously, it was way harder because you're going in and out of the house and had to have nannies. Mm -hmm. But I know, I mean, my podcast isn't my full-time job, so um how did that work for you then yeah,
1: yeah and my podcast wasn't a full time job for me at the beginning and i wasn't consistent i would just record when i could and release when i could and yeah. if we were on vacation i obviously you know wasn't doing it i remember we went on vacation the first summer that i had the podcast and i brought my microphone and mm-hmm. i was going to record a podcast and then i would get there and I'd be like i don't want to do this i want to hang out with my my family yeah <laughs> and so it didn't really affect my family and personal life very much because it was just this hobby that I did. It wasn't consistent. Um, And so it wasn't until I decided to make it my job and consistent and, you know, took on sponsors. That's when it became where, well, I have to do this no matter where we are, what we're doing. A show has to go up on a Wednesday. And so I would say that was about maybe, a year and a half into it, if okay. not a little less, maybe a, a year into it is when I said, okay, let's see what we can do with this. Yeah. So at the beginning it was just, I don't know that my kids even knew I did it, you know, it was yeah. just like this little hobby on the side. Uh, and it was great. And there was zero stress involved for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just fun. It was fun work for me. And so, and, and then when I decided to make it a job, all my kids are in school. And so, you know, my kids are bigger. And so I had this chunk of time every day when yeah. they're all gone to do my work. Now the summer, that's a different story, but we're not going to talk about that yet (laughs) because we're still recovering from the last summer. So, you know, it's a different story in the summer.
0: Yeah. Well then how did, um, how did you make all your connections and like, what were your first interviews like? I'm just so interested because, I mean, I wasn't expecting to all honestly talk to you about this, but, um, I think like, I have a friend that I'm going through right now, not going through. She and I are doing this podcast thing together. Um, and so she started about two months after mine. And so I don't know, um, if I had, I honestly can't remember when I signed up for, um, to interview with you. I can't remember if I had to give my podcast name or what it was even about. Um, But mine is simply just, like, having good conversations with people and just uplifting, encouraging conversation. Um, And I started with my friends and all of that. And then my friend Kirsten has one that's called Adulting What's That? And she talks about, okay, like, what is it like to be pretty much in this, I'm 23, she's 25, I think. Um, And just really kind of balancing this, okay, how are we adulting? And what does that even mean? Especially when we're not in a full-time career and that's not really kind of what our generation's doing anymore. Um, So it's just been really cool to walk that with her. But I honestly have not, other than... Do you know Jessie um, Artigue? Uh-huh. Okay. So her and I, I've connected with her a lot through her podcast. But, I mean, she's been more... She has, like, a full-time job on the side. You have this as, like, your main thing. So other than her, like, you're the first person that I've talked to that's really... Got their podcast going, and I just am so intrigued of how how it all started and like interview wise and connections and all of that.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that's really awesome here where I live in Austin is there are a lot of women who are doing amazing things, and so a lot of them are my friends. And so I started out um, interviewing my friends, and some of my friends happen to be quote unquote. This is a weird word, but like. Well known, and so I think that was a really big help for me. um, Is to bring my friends on that we could just chat, um, and that really helped me get the show started. Um, But a lot of times, it's just like I would just reach out to people the same way you reached out to me, you know. And the thing about podcasting is, it's this really great. It's a really great way for people to talk about whatever their project is that they're doing or whatever they're promoting or whatever, you know? And so people are happy to come on to the happy hour and talk about that. And I think that Mm -hmm. you're going to find that as well. Um, But just look around you. There are some people doing really amazing things and it's fun to get their stories out there.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And especially because I've been following you for a while and I know you've been talking about your book, but honestly, it just kind of, like, surprised me when it came out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's here? And I haven't right. even, like, I don't even feel like I know anything about you personally. Um, because Happy Hour has been so much more about the person that you're interviewing. Um right. So, like, use this time to talk about your book and to... Hopefully get one or two people snagging it off the shelves.
1: You're so sweet. A lot of people have said that have read it. There's, you know, the launch team's read it and then um, a couple people have read it and they're like, you know, the thing about it is it's fun to connect the dots because I hear Jamie every week, but I don't know a lot of her story. So this is a lot of her story. Um, And it is. And it's just a story of my life um, growing up in the church and some things that I went through and. Decisions that I made and not really saying I was a Christian, but not really acting like a Christian. And then I ended up getting pregnant in college and and so walking through all of those trials and everything that I had to go through. And then, you know, I, I became a Christian and then I started dating a pastor and mm-hmm. it's my husband now. And so I just had a lot of struggle when I first got married with thinking is this is, is this is everything gonna catch up with me? What if yeah. people knew? That was my big question. It was like what if they knew about things that I'd been through or things that I had done? Yeah. That was just a huge question that really weighed on me and I think a lot of women struggle with that and so this book is really just me saying, Hey, I'm gonna tell my story first. Here I go, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. And then just an encouragement of saying that our stories are so much bigger than things we've done. And they matter so much more. Um, and God is in the business of using people who have made great big mistakes to do wonderful great things. And so that is mm. the kind of elevator pitch of If You Only Knew. Yeah, uh, And it's it's been fun to... To write, because it is a different kind of medium than I get to do on the happy hour where Mm -hmm. I'm interviewing people. and Obviously, I bring in, you know, personal things to the show, but not that often. And so it has been fun Mm -hmm. to say, here's my story. I think that you're going to like it.
0: Yeah, totally. And so when did, I mean, did you always want to write a book or did that kind of just come with the podcast in a way?
1: you know, Stephanie, I thought I always wanted to write a book because I wanted to share my story. And so I think that stories are really important. I think they change the world. I think that our stories, as much as they are so much more alike than we want to think, um, they also have really great just individual pieces about them that make them our story. And so I've wanted to share my story for a really long time. And it just, it wasn't time and no one was asking me to share my story. yeah. And and the podcast really did help that of just um, giving me a little bit more of a platform where someone would say, yeah, we would really love for you to share your story. And so that did help a lot. And I started this process, gosh, by the time the book comes out, I think I started two years ago, which is crazy. Wow.
0: So you started writing two years ago.
1: Yeah. And I had some of the book written from over the years because I've just you know, wanted to share my story and wanted, I've been writing things down throughout the years. Yeah, I probably, I, well, I'll tell you this. I turned, the book comes out January 30th and I turned the manuscript in February 1st of 2017. So a year later.
0: Yeah. Wow. A year
1: ago is when I turned it in. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
0: Is that fast or slow for books coming out? Like how does that even work?
1: It's pretty typical. And so I turned it in February 17th and I had probably, you know, started, the process a year before that. So it's a good two years that's weird about publishing is because, you know, if I were to turn in a book today, it wouldn't hit the shelves for another, you know, 12 months. Some people fast track it, but that's pretty typical is you're going to see a year between turning a book in and then seeing on the shelves, which is kind of weird because you turn it in and then there's a lot of kind of waiting around and then you do a lot of edits. I mean, you know, a lot of edits
0: Yeah.
1: and then And (laughs) and there it is.
0: Yeah, I bet that's so crazy.
1: It is crazy. Um,
0: So now you're on your tour, which I've seen. um, I've been looking to see if it's coming out to California, but I haven't seen anything too close to out here. (laughs) Let me tell you, we
1: tried so hard to get out to California. We tried to get to D.C. We tried to get to um, Charlotte. There are so many places that you want to go. Yeah. And then I was like, "Well, I'm only one person, and I right? have four children, and you know, absolutely life. the just fact can't. that where you're do you going? live in California?
0: The fact I live um, in Orange County. Okay, um, yeah. so the fact that you're even, first of all, writing a book with four kids and then going on a tour with that is just insane. So I wasn't even expecting <laughs> you to do that, um, well, but that's awesome, and I love that you get to be with Noonday. I haven't done too much um, research on them, but I've heard them and looked at some other stuff." through your podcast. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. This is kind of like this random off tangent, but my friend Kirsten, um, has been, she's been on like a hiatus with her adulting. What's that? And I think both of us, um, you're a big fan of the Enneagram. Like make sure I'm, I'm correct in hearing that you've talked about the Enneagram.
1: I have talked about it. I wouldn't use the word big fan. Okay. I'm just stepping in, like okay. I've got like three toes in the water. Okay,
0: because I've listened. You know how you just listen to so many different things; they kind of yeah. all just blur together. Um, yeah. You know, it's Annie F. Downs that I've listened to; that she's yeah. insane she about is. It. She's all in. Yeah, <laughs> she's all ten toes.
1: Uh-huh. Um, well,
0: one thing that Kirsten and I have talked about is that we're both. Um, I'm a one on the Enneagram. She's a four. So she's super individualistic and really wants to be able to make a difference in who her one person is. And then me, I'm all about like the good and really wanting to make sure that I'm like pursuing every single good thing that's out there. That's pure and honest. Um, And so, but when I am unhealthy, I more go to her unhealthy state. And when she's positive and, and healthy, she goes to mine. So it's kind of been interesting for us to kind of talk about stuff. All to say with your, um, talking about like wanting to share your story and using the podcast as that, using the book as that, um, I know that with her, she's been kind of in this rut of like, which we all get there of what does my story matter? And if I'm not the top podcaster, if I'm not the top person in this or that, um, then what's the point? So how would you kind of encourage her in that? Um, and I mean, I can take from it as well because we all get there, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, <clears throat> I think that one thing I hear a lot of people say, no matter what they're what they're doing, if they're writing a blog, if they're writing a book, if they're doing a podcast, if they are speaking, if they are doing stuff in their whatever they might be doing, um, I, and then I hear them say, you know, like I just. I wish I had more listeners, I wish I had more readers, I wish I had this. And mm-hmm. and there is something healthy about desiring to do your best. And yeah. There is something healthy. If we're gonna I always say if I'm gonna create something, I, I believe in it, so I want the most people to listen to it. That's that's the truth. If, yeah. wanna, if yeah. I'm gonna create a podcast that I that I believe is awesome and helpful and truth telling and encouraging all those things, then of course I want the most people to listen. Yeah. But I always encourage people, as well, as saying that that's a good, that's healthy, and that's fine. But if you are constantly only thinking about the people you don't have, only going out it's like I wish I had this, I wish that my platform looked like this person, I wish I had the amount of listeners that she had, or I wish, I wish, I wish. Mm-hmm. Then, in a sense, you're almost looking at the people that you do have and saying, "Well, thanks for being here, but you don't really matter." Yeah, and yeah. you're okay. But if we had more people, then I would be a val- I would be valid in what mm. I do. And I just want to encourage people, no matter what you're doing, is that the people that are in front of you, the ears that you do have, um, the people that are listening, the people that you are leading, like those people are so valuable. Mm. And so if we spend all of our time only investing in the people we wish we had and the platform that we wish we had, in a sense, you're looking at your people right in front of you and going, thanks, but no thanks. You don't really matter. If I had more, then I would be validated. I think it's just, it's a scary, it's a, it's not scary so much. It's just this, you've got to figure out that balance, that balance of desiring to do your best Mm -hmm. and create great content that more people want to listen to or read or watch. And then also saying, how am I best serving the people that are right in front of me? And so I think that when you best serve the people right in front of you, you're going to do your best. You're going to do yeah. a great job. You're going to create great content, and in turn, that is going to help them mm-hmm. want to invite their people in because they're getting great content. But when we stop getting great, when we stop creating good content, just so we can go out and get more people,
0: yeah. it's
1: going to just backfire on you, and you're you're not going to have good content. So you're not going to be pouring into the people that you have, and then yeah. you're going to lose your audience, and then you're never going to get more people. Yeah. And so, look at the people in front of you and serve them well.
0: Okay. I really love that. I really love that. And especially, I I mean, we've never been so connected in this world (laughs) as we are now. And so I think there's so much of comparison in that. And no matter how much um, Kirsten and I are in this together, I know it's also hard of like, both of us have completely different podcasts and we've been on each other's, but it's been, it's been a fun road to walk with, but it's also like, okay, we're starting this together. Where is you know, my story is different than hers and how does that, okay, where's God calling us in that, um, you know, that's different and our story matters, but separately, you know? Uh So, um, I really, really appreciate that. Um, but one thing that I wanted to ask you is I know, um, through your podcast in the last few years, um, I know being a believer has been like the push of it all, um, which is definitely, my side of things as well, but I really wanted to ask of how do you feel like the Lord has moved through your podcast in the last few years of whether that's making connections or just, um, like in a healing process for you or others or, um, yeah. what does that look like?
1: Yeah. You know, my, my podcast is faith based and I always describe it as faith based, but not cheesy. Um, because the last thing I wanted to create was a cheesy Christian podcast Yeah. Um, but one of my values is my faith. And so it does come out in the show and it is a part of it. Um, but one of the things that I hear a lot, one of the things I hear the most, there's two things I hear. Number one is women feeling as though they're not alone. Yeah. They hear someone share a struggle or something they've been through or even a dream or whatever it might be on the show. You know, it's an hour long. So your chances of getting something that you relate to are pretty high. And all of a sudden they Seems feel like so- they're not alone. And all of a sudden, they feel like, man, I—if she can do this, or if she can overcome this, or if she feels like that, whatever—they feel like they're not alone. The second thing that I really, really love when I hear—and I don't hear this as often—but when I do hear it, it sticks with me—is I hear people say, "Man, I am a new—I'm a new believer. I'm a new Christian. Mm-hmm. Or I grew up in the church, and it just—I lost that, and I don't even know if I." love God anymore, Mm -hmm. but your show is making me think about things differently. And so I think my show attracts a lot of Christian women. And and so that first comment is way something I hear way more often. But that second comment, if I hear someone come to me and say, man, I haven't even thought about my faith in years and your show Mm -hmm. is helping me do that. That is the greatest compliment to me that I can hear is because I I I want it to be a real conversation and I think Mm -hmm. real conversations between real women, um, push down walls and they open doors. And so that's what my desire is for my show. And so when I hear that, I think, okay, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing over here.
0: Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And especially just thinking about a conversation I had with my mom recently is, um, part of her story and part of my story is anxiety and depression, kind of just kind of building up, Over the last few years. And so she actually was on medication for, I don't want to overshoot it, but I want to say at least three or four years. Uh And last January, she went off of it and was totally fine. She was doing great. She's 52. I don't want to overshoot that either. She'd get mad at me because she listens. Um, But so she's been doing great. Um, But kind of some things that have hit our family a little harder is... Um, I moved out to California. So my family's all the way back in Illinois. Um, my brother wants to move out. So he just moved in with my parents to save some money. He's 28. Um, and my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's almost two, I guess, two years ago. So it's not super brand new, but it's still a daily, you know, thing that they're walking through together. Um, and, I want to say it was, I just saw her over Christmas break and she had elbow surgery. And so she was in this huge cast. Like, I'm not joking you. It was like 20 pounds. It was insane. of Ow. How she like couldn't sleep very well and, you know, all these things. And because of all of these changes and just, um, like she also, Oh, I forgot about this. She started a new job after 17 years, she started a new job. So it's been like this, all these new things, um, which I know you can, Totally relate to, of like just as I mean, women and people in general, like when so much news starts up, um, it can be overwhelming. And so for her, her anxiety started up again um, and she just couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And then um, it was so crazy because I went through depression and anxiety when I was overseas teaching, student teaching, and I would call my mom every single day and just like bawl (laughs) to her about stuff. Um, And so she'd be my person to go to. And it was last weekend that my mom called me and was like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't want to leave the house and all these different things. And one thing that just stood out to me was like just the lie that Satan just shoots at us is that we're so alone in those moments and that no one's going to understand where we're coming from. Um, but first of all, the fact that my mom could call me and say, I remember you going through this, like help me in this, like, what, what, what am I doing? You know, all this and come to find out, she realized she was having her first panic attack, which is very like intense. Um, and everybody has it differently. Um, but one thing that I told her was like, mom, I just don't want you to believe that you're alone in this. And I know, I mean, I know my generation is trying to get better at just talking things through and saying me too, but I also know that I want to say people that are my mom's age or almost older is like they're I want to say they're almost kind of alone in a way in in ways because or they believe that they are um because they're not they're not involved as many things as we are anymore like they're so I don't know how to I mean I've never actually processed this thought before but um more just I've just encouraged my mom of like reach out to people that are your age and reach out to people that are in your community because you're not alone in this, but it's going to feel like you are because that's the number one line fear that you feel in those moments. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like your podcast has done that in so many ways as well. Like you were saying like that me too of just sharing, okay, we've all gone through crap, whether we're we going to share all of the heaviness or not, just even hearing someone else say, I've struggled with anxiety or I've struggled with depression. I'm like, okay, people don't just say that. Like, that's something, if they said it, then, they're, then they've actually went through it. And um, just knowing that I have somewhat of a, okay, I'm not alone in this. You know, it's such, such a great feeling to have. Um, but I love that your podcast has done that. Um, especially yeah, that's, one,
1: that's one of my goals is for people to not feel so alone because I think that, like you're just explaining, so many times we feel something and we experience something um, and we keep it inside of us. And then what happens is lies start to come in. And so mm-hmm. what was true no longer can we figure out. And then when we say these things out loud, I feel like we allow people to speak truth into us.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: you know, from a faith standpoint, that would be someone speaking, you know, scripture, the Bible to me. Um, and then people just saying, hey, I get it. I've been there, you know, just last night. I had someone call me, uh, who's walking through something that I've walked through before. Mm -hmm. And the reason that she was able to call me is because she's heard me talk about it. And so I was able to listen and say, you're not crazy. You're not alone. Here's what happened. You know, here's my story, all those Mm kind of things. And those things don't happen if no one says anything out loud. And so I think it is hard to be the person to go first, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really valid as well.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So cool. I guess, um, I should maybe like ask you who you are so you can kind of give like a snippet of who Jamie Ivey is because I mean, I wish all my listeners have heard you, but I also know there's so many different avenues and connections that I've randomly run into you that I know maybe other people haven't. So maybe we'll switch this and I'll edit it and put it at the beginning, (laughs) but who is Jamie Ivey? What are you doing? And, um, then we'll go to more of the other questions, which I shared my questions on the um, Google Docs, have, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. So we'll move on to those now, but you share who you are first.
1: Okay. Uh, so my name is Jamie Ivy, and I live in Austin, Texas with my husband. We've almost been married for 17 years. Oh, my god. Let's well, say almost. It's actually this summer, so it's not even almost, but hey, we've been married for 16 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have four kids. Our oldest is 14, and then we have two boys that are 12, and then our daughter is 10. Um, our youngest three kids joined our family through adoption, and I am a podcaster. I host The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey every week, and I am an author. I have a book that comes out January 30th called uh. If You Only Knew, and that's my life.
0: Woo, I love it. I mean, obviously, we've talked about all those things, so maybe yes. someone's caught on. of Oh, she, she podcasts. Oh, of she, does, yes. she does this. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, I guess that my first question that I have is, how did we meet? And usually, it's more of like a funny story of, I met this friend in high school, or I met this friend in, so this is more of a, uh, this is the first time we've met, (laughs) so. We met this morning. At 6 a.m., maybe 6.03, specifically, so, I mean, that's a pretty short one right there.
1: (laughs) It is. And I'm, like, so impressed that you're up at 6 a.m. to do an interview. That is crazy.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, One thing that I've just... I love my podcast, and I love doing it, and um, I don't see it as crazy waking up, but I also, like my roommate, I told her I was getting up yesterday morning and she's like, what the heck, Stephanie? You wake up all the time. Because, I mean, I get up at, like, 8 maybe to do interviews with people right? Um, and everything. But that's the only chunk of time that I have, especially with being so behind in time from other people. I can't do it when I get off of work. So
1: Yeah. yeah. You got to do it
0: when you can. Exactly. So I just see it as, like, okay. And so whenever I signed up for yours, I knew 6 a.m. was going to be tough because I am not a morning person. <laughs> right. But it was more... I want to get Jamie on here. So let's go. Like we're going to do this. So thank you for that. Um, But a huge thing with my podcast is that my little like blurb, I guess, is good talks with good people about good stuff and celebrating life one conversation at a time. And so one thing that I really want my podcast to kind of at least one thing to come out of it is that we're celebrating something whether that's like literally the fact that you woke up this morning and got your kids out the door on time or um a big thing like your book um so that question of what are you celebrating now can go from one way to the other um and I just love hearing what people are celebrating in their life so go for it <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, um, we're about to celebrate at our house um, eight years and my son's been home from Haiti. So that's a big deal that we'll celebrate.
0: Okay, did you, get, um, did you get both sons at the same time, daughter and son at the same time? How did all of that, or all of them at the same time? <laughs>
1: no, so our oldest is biological, and then um, the next one of our kids that came home, we adopted him domestically. So we okay. were there when he was born, and he was born in Texas. Oh, and then okay. Um, okay. our daughter came home from Haiti, and then our son actually, he's like, my second oldest, but he was the last one to come home. Okay, And um, so he came home from Haiti on January 23rd. So we're about to celebrate that. Um, and we always celebrate those days as well. And, and then my book coming out, that's a big celebration around here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you talk about your kiddos in your book at all?
1: I don't. Uh, I mean, I think I tell a story one time about one of my kids, but yeah. it's not really, the point is something different. Yeah, totally. I don't. And, um, it's funny because the story that I tell about one of my kids, it's my oldest, who's 14, and he was 9 at the time. And it's just this funny story of something he told me happened at school that I was relating to, you know, something that I was talking about in the book. Mm-hmm. And I i read it to him. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot to ask you if I could put this in. But I don't see his name, and it's not really – it's not an embarrassing story. Yeah. And so I read it to him and he's like, I don't even remember that happening. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> good. So oh, we're perfect. good. We're cool. I don't even need to ask. But no, I don't talk about my kids in the book.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that's, I guess, one question I have for you of, obviously, I'm 23. So I don't, I don't have any kids right now and I haven't adopted. So um, right. how old were your kiddos when you did? I mean, you said you adopted your um, one of your sons when he was born in Texas, but how old were the other two from Haiti?
1: So, my son that came home from Haiti was four and a half when he came home. Okay. And my daughter was a month shy of turning two. So, she was two and he was four. Okay. Uh, when they came home.
0: Okay. And so, four and a half year old, did he speak any English?
1: Where was
0: he in that?
1: You know, he he spoke very limited English, but he probably understood more than okay. he spoke. Because yeah. where they live, they live with a family that spoke both Creole and English. and okay. so. While I'm sure that they spoke mostly Creole to him, and he probably spoke mostly Creole to them, he was exposed to it and had heard it, and it, would, it wasn't this random strange thing that he'd never heard before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then my daughter was two, and so yeah. their language just started out with English, really.
0: Yeah. Do they remember... Is it Creole?
1: Is that how you say it? Creole, uh uh-huh.
0: Okay, so do they remember uh-huh. anything?
1: My son does, and I think his memories are fading, unfortunately, as he gets older. I mean, I remember nothing in my life when I was four, you know? And so (laughs) when he first came home, he remembered a lot. Um, But it's kind of fading a lot for him. But my daughter has no memories. I mean, she came – she was so young.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, And so how – I mean, I know that this could be an extremely long um, explanation, so it doesn't need to be. But with their – Um, transition to the United States. I know that's kind of a never-ending thing with kiddos that are adopted is it's kind of a, I don't know if it's a daily thing, but I mean, it's obviously a reminder that they aren't quote unquote from here, but also belong here. How has that been with them?
1: You know, it is, we have been a family of six for almost eight years. And so I would say the first couple of years there was, and, 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 I think that we're all still in transition. I mean, life is one big transition, right? And yes. so um, the first couple of years, I think we, we had some struggles uh, that were a little bit more outwardly focused where it was just like, oh, you know, they are experiencing. They've been uprooted from the only life they've ever known. Yeah. And so, uh, but now, I mean, Stephanie, we just look like, well, we don't look like your quote unquote normal family because we have different races in our family, mm-hmm. which is not that abnormal anymore but mm. we are just you know one big family and adoption really isn't a part of our everyday life okay. um and so now we're dealing with just normal 12 year old problems you know
0: <laughs> yeah going into the teen years kind of thing yeah, yes <laughs> oh man i don't know if i ever want to think about myself back then <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay. Well, awesome. Well, I guess my third question, and this is the quickest I've ever gone through these questions before. So this is like the best thing ever. Um, nuggets of wisdom where you're at in your life, whether it's like this number one thing that you always try to remember on a daily, daily occurrence. What do you got for me?
1: (laughs) Um, here's what I got for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I want to go back. You said you're 23, and yeah. right? Am I right about that? Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to go back to when I was 23 because I didn't hardly anything with my life in my 20s. I mean, I did get married and have some babies. Um, but that what, I, what? And that's a lot. And granted, I get that. I know. Um, but what I wish I would have done more in my 20s. Um, is really to look around me and see like, man, I only get to be 23 one time in my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to make this year matter? I think once I got to like 35, 36, I started to think, okay, so I only get this year one time Mm -hmm. after in six months, I turned 40 and then 39 is over. (laughs) Uh, And so really to look at every single year around my birthday and say, what is this next year? What's, what am I going to do that matters? What mm-hmm. am I going to do that counts? Cause I feel like life is crazy. Life is busy. And I think we can look up and all of a sudden go, wow, I'm 34 and I don't know what just happened with the last 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of that happens when people are just like, they're, they're so focused on what they wish their life was like mm-hmm. that they miss out on their life that they have right now. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up and it's gone. Those 10 years are gone and you're 34 and all you did for 10 years was wish for something else. And mm-hmm. so I would just encourage, um, I guess that goes for everybody, but especially, um, you know, mid twenties is just a really think, man, I don't want to keep wishing for what I wish I had, but I actually want to do something right now with my life. So that's my little tidbit of encouragement. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, I love that a lot. And that's been something I've been, I mean, obviously just kind of been learning ever since I went to a Christian college. So, um, and I, a huge part of my story is I dated a guy all through college and we broke up right when we graduated. Yeah. So it's kind of been this like, what the frick do I do with my life? Because I thought we were going to get married and that was my plan, you know? Um. So it's kind of been like this consistent thing that I've been leaning into of what, what does it mean to be at this age and single and all of those different things? Because that doesn't seem to be what everyone else is doing, which isn't true, but you know, That's just what you see. So, um, but one thing that I've realized is that I, I've never been in a place where all my friends are at the same transitional period. So, until I've moved to Orange County, Um, when I I I moved to California about a year and a half ago, I guess. And at first, I lived with my best friend and her husband and his family. But my best friend's you know married and has a daughter that's two years old. So she's in a transition. She's in a stage that's way farther down the road than. I am and but she's the same age as me. Um, and so I found myself just constantly surrounded by people that are older than me. That's kinda like my place to be, as I love just soaking in wisdom and being with people that are older and wiser and can tell me that I'm being stupid and all these things. But now I found myself with friends that are all the same age as me and all the same transitional periods as me. And it is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life because I'm like, this is the first time since college that I've actually paid attention to the people around me and said, okay, like, what are we doing, um, in our time right now? And how is that going to not affect the rest of our lives, but just like more of how is Jesus calling us specifically, but also together as a community, um, in our day-to-day lives in the next year or whatever that looks like. Um, and I had this realization, I think it was like two years two two days ago, that I have some friends that are getting ready to move and getting ready, like dreaming of going different places. And it's hard because it's like, well, no, don't leave me. Like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't um, leave this community that we have. That's so great. But I really feel like the Lord's kind of showed me within hearing that the last few days of like, okay, we're all on this stage and we get to celebrate where we are and where we're going. And, but like, this is so unique that we get to be through that growing process together and then watch the other person, go off and watch this person go off and do their thing and know that that's what the Lord called them to do. Um, but it's so hard cause it just, we want to stay in this tight knit community. Like I have three really good girlfriends, but we're all in this transitional of like wherever we go, you know, like it's kind of, we can't control it. Um, but it's been so cool to be in that same spot and kind of share the fears in it, but also just lean on each other in different ways. And, um, so awesome. that really speaks into that for sure. Um, okay. So did I send you my last like three lightning round questions?
1: Yeah. And I'm ready.
0: Okay. Because I actually, I got this more from you. I was like, I can't steal Jamie's because that's <laughs> stealing, but, um, I want to, I wanted to have something that was like more just, cause we talk about all the bigger ideas and ways, but I wanted to kind of give some, like, something as a takeaway in some way or another. Like, I feel like your book is a takeaway of this, so that was kind of lucky kind of throughout our conversation. Um, um, but I loved listening to yours of, like, whenever women share the books that they're reading or think just, you know, fun things that they're doing, it kind of gives me an idea of, like, hey, I could add that to this, or I'm going to add that to my reading list, different things like that. So that's yeah. my like, hope in these three questions. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, first one is, what are you loving?
1: Okay. What I'm loving right now, it might sound, it might sound odd, but we have had sickness going through our house. Mm-hmm. I was sick last week. My son is sick right now. I feel like I'm getting sick again. And mm-hmm. so, there is a drink that you can order from Starbucks called the Medicine Ball.
0: Oh, my and gosh. Mm. Have you
1: had it? Uh-huh. You have had it?
0: I have, yeah. It's so hey, good.
1: It is so good. In fact, I have been getting it now even when I don't feel sick. Yes. because I'm like, oh, I don't want to get sick. I think Starbucks can heal me with this medicine ball tea. I don't even know yes. what's in it, but I love it so much. And Hey,
0: I can tell amazing. you, I worked at Starbucks for a hot second.
1: <gasps> My husband worked at Starbucks for a hot second.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I I didn't know it was in it either, but really it's super simple. It's two different teas and then... um half water and then half, um, whatchamacallit, hot lemonade Ugh. and then honey. So it's good. yeah, it's so stinking good. So I think one of them is the mint tea. And then another one is like the jade citrus or something. There's so many different teas there. I couldn't really tell you specifically what it is, but, but I had, lemonade. a I had a friend who, um, she was like, now that you're working there, I just have one request. Just tell me what's in the medicine bowl. <laughs> So that's what I'm loving these days. I love it. Yes. All right. What are you learning?
1: You know, I'm learning, and this is hard. This is really hard because it's hard because I'm my own boss. I'm Mm -hmm. learning to leave my work at my office after my kids get off the bus. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and the reason that's hard is because there's always something to do, right? Absolutely. And there are certain seasons where it is like you have to work after, after the kids go to bed or you have to kind of work in the in-between hours, you know, in-between dinner and you sit down and answer a couple emails. There are times when that has to happen. That's true. Yeah. But there are a lot of times when it doesn't have to happen and things aren't that urgent. And so I am learning that if I'm gonna use the word urgent, it really needs to be urgent. And Actually. so if something can wait till the next day, I'm trying to make it wait till the next day. Mm-hmm. But I'm struggling, but I'm trying. <laughs> so this is what I'm learning. Hey, that's what learning is, I
0: guess, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> just struggling, but just trying. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yes. Okay, last but not least, what do you want to punch in the face?
1: Uh, Twitter. I hate Twitter. Really? Yeah, I hate Are it. Are you on
0: it or you just hate it?
1: I'm on it. Okay. But I hate it because Twitter seems like – it seems like the mean kid down the street to me. Hmm. Um, it doesn't – to me, I don't ever see someone – I don't know. It just feels so attack attackish hmm. um, of people trying to just, like, here's my point and 180 characters or whatever you get these days. Yeah. I didn't even know that I'm the characters gonna, went up. Like <laughs> it, I'm going to be mean to you online and I don't care. And – that's just not what I want to do online. Instagram is so kind. It's so nice. It's mm-hmm. so lovely. Oh yeah. Everything it's almost too
0: perfect at to times. <laughs> yes.
1: And I like to be around kind people. Yeah. And so I am not a fan of Twitter.
0: Okay. I honestly have not had it for the last few years. Um, but I feel like there's a lot that goes on on it to where There I'm is
1: like... And I will say like, I do enjoy following news sites. Yeah. Um, but that's about it for me, honestly. Yeah. Don't get on it. It's not
0: good. <laughs> All right. Because you want to punch it in the face, we will not yes. be on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie Ivy. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Okay, well, I mean, that's kind of that's you literally blew through those questions. It's like you're like a experienced at this or something. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I hope that's because I'm experienced and not because I have nothing to say. So there's that. No, I honestly
0: I mean, and this is, like, not at all, I don't want to toot my own, hern, hern, my own horn, but uh-huh. yeah, I think this is the best time I've ever actually hosted a podcast, and Okay. I don't know if it's because you make it so easy to just kind of, like, lead in to the next thing, because you know what those um, uh-huh. breaks kind of feel like, and you know when to say, okay, this is my, this is the end of my spiel, and... <laughs> yeah exactly I'm still learning when to stop talking so
1: um (laughs) hey I'm telling you if you listen to my first 100 episodes you'll see I've been learning it's everyone's learning we're all learning together
0: absolutely absolutely so oh my gosh thank you so much for coming on this seriously means the world and
1: you're so welcome thanks for inviting me of
0: course can't wait to get your book and all those things um and yeah get your name out the little more
1: (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Of course. Have a great, what day is it, Thursday? (laughs) Yes, I think. Yes, I think so, too. All right, have a good Thursday. Thanks, Stephanie. Bye-bye. And that is a wrap, guys. I hope you all enjoyed meeting Jamie as much as I did. I was literally on a high that whole day after that conversation. I think I even did a chip chat right after, so. You guys have seen the beginning, middle, and the end of it all, and I love that you did it with me. So, guys, all the links for Jamie's stuff are in the show notes, as well as any links for getting connected with Good Good Talks. And do not forget to leave a review, comment, and review. Because if you just leave the star review, which is wonderful, um, I can't see you did it, so I can't see who the 20th person is going to be. We're at 17 right now, and need to see the person so I can send them something. so you guys are great cannot wait for next week and I will see ya when I see you all right have a good week, guys